Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Today we're going behind the scenes. If you've been a listener of My Millennial Money for some time and you've been on the journey with us, you'll understand that we've got a team of people, we've got a little business happening, and it's a community-led organization at the heart. But this episode, it is not about money at all. We will touch on some business principles. We will touch on some things that we're doing behind the scenes. But I just wanted to say up front, if you've just stumbled over our podcast and you want to learn about money and be encouraged, this probably isn't the episode. This is for members only. This is a private AGM. And for business owners. And for business owners. So, Shell, you host My Millennial Career. I Welcome do. to the podcast. Thanks. I wanted to get you in on this episode because you worked with us to really define our why, the cultural things and all that stuff. Not only do you host My Millennial Career, tell us what you do at Boldside. Yeah, so at Boldside, I help leaders and teams create amazing cultures that people want to join and don't want to leave. And if I may, I wanted to get you in to basically interview you about the process that you took our team through at Simo Interactive. And it's really important for you to hear this stuff because I want to take our listeners with us. So you, if you're on a bus in Adelaide, if you're on a train in Perth and you always listen to our podcasts, you know, you might just find this interesting. And I wanted to get Shell in because the stuff that we drilled down on in relation to our values, our purpose, our why and all that stuff, we run that lens over all the shows. So we're not going to get some rogue crypto trader who's just here to screw people to host a new podcast. (laughs) That's right. And I think as a listener, a long-time listener myself of My Millennial Money and any of the listeners to our shows, we want to take each person on a journey so that they have the tools, the skills, the practical advice to make meaningful change. And let's go there right now, Glenn, because one of the things we worked with your team on... Before we go there, can we put the bump in to start the episode? Oh, yeah, nice. All right, put it in, Nath. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, it's official. We've started the episode. Talk <laughs> oh, yeah, to I get ahead of myself. You Who's hosting this? <laughs> I'm hosting the first half. You're hosting the second sure, half. Sure, go for so it. So, just chill Host out. away. So, I want to reiterate that Simo Interactive produces My Millennial Money. And if you listen to the podcast once a month, if you listen to My Millennial Career once a week, behind all that, we've got an actual business that employs people. And there's five of us. We're looking to hire more people at the moment. And that's why it's so important that if you're a regular listener, that you can come on this journey with what's happening in the background, just so you've got more context. Now, I wanted to really focus on being a a workplace and an employer of choice for people that we employ and who are team members. And part of that was doing some real engagement with the team. So, they're clear on 
why we exist. They're clear on our purpose. And my vibe as an employer is I want to make it so good for you that you'd never want to leave. But I'll challenge for the employees out there, when you're an employee, you need to be so good that your employer doesn't ever want you to leave. Yeah, wow. And and also you want to be in an environment as an employee where you are being developed so that you have opportunity beyond that employment that you're currently in. That's right. So I wanted to create this environment for my team to thrive. I wanted to create an environment that is led by design. So we design systems, we design the culture and all that for people that I lead to flourish in because I can't lead by example. If I was leading by example, geez, the world would be burning right now. So (laughs) within all that, I had to wait a couple of years to get the business to a critical mass. We've recently gone over our 400th episode on My Millennial Money. We've been fully incorporated for over two years now. Uh, The podcast is over four years old now. So, you know, with a team of five of us and hiring more, I really felt in my gut that it was time to get an expert in to facilitate an offsite conversation and do a day workshop. And I wanted Shell to host that with our team. So what was your, I guess, remit in your words and talk us through the process because I want people listening to one, as I've said, understand how we do things at Simo Interactive and producing all the podcasts. Number two, if you run a team of people, can you listen to Shell and be like, oh, I've got to get her in and like do this with my team and she'll fly anywhere, probably if you pay her. Or three, (laughs) if you work for somebody and you work in a team and you're like, I like what Shell's saying and all that stuff's missing from our workplace, can you pass this episode on to your employer or your team leader and say, hey, we need to get Shell in to do this stuff. So, that was my big intro. Now I will hand it over to you, Shell. Yeah, it's so important, Glenn. And then we think about your journey as a business owner and you've run, you know, multiple businesses now, you've had multiple careers. And there comes this point where when it's organic and you've had pretty rapid growth and then all of a sudden you're like, the things that got me here aren't the same things that are going to take me to the next level. And that's where defining a team culture becomes super critical. It's this really important part of, I think I think leaders often try to wing it. They're like, oh, we've got this vibe going on and that's great. And it gets you to a point. But then we need to, as the team grows, you've got more people coming in, be super intentional in, like, as you said, it's by design. It's not by fluke that we create a culture that people want to join and can't wait to be a part of. So there's three things, Glenn, that I see on teams when it comes to culture. The first is there's an unhealthy culture. And so this is something obviously we don't want, we want to avoid. And the things that would signal that you have an unhealthy culture would be obviously high employee turnover. It would be um, people that are unmotivated, disengaged, underperforming, or you have good people leaving. That's the sign of, okay, well, we might have a cultural problem. The second thing that I see on teams is there's just an unclear culture. And that's where most businesses will will kind of fall into place where they're like, oh, we just, our culture isn't clear. 
there's a, there's a kind of vibe, but it's evolved naturally and now it's not really defined. And then the third one we see is the ultimate culture where we've crafted it, we've got really clear on the expectations and the values and the behaviours and that's the space we want teams to be because when you're in that ultimate culture space, you've got high performers, you've got staff who are intrinsically motivated and they're driving the work as opposed to the leader having to push everyone up the hill to get the job done. And it's a dance as well because... You know, JP in our team, she said to me once, oh, can we do this session like when she first started? Because I need more than just um, money. I need the vision. I need the purpose. And it just wasn't the right time because for the reasons I've stated, but there is a balance. And I said to her, I said, absolutely we can, but let's be clear, we can have the best vision and the best culture in the world, but if I stop paying you, you're not coming to work. (laughs) So... There is that dance where, you know, you've got a job and you have to show up and you have to work, you have to earn money. But I think what I'm getting at is it's that turning it up to 11 to really empower people and get them on purpose and get them on mission. Yeah, and you, and you want to look for signals that you... Uh, and there's a couple of signals that would say you need to do this. One is if, as a, if you run a team or you're a business owner and right now you're looking at your own team and you're thinking... Oh gee, I don't I don't know if they're doing the things that I need them to be doing. Or one of the common things I hear in my role is my team, they're just not accountable. And this word accountable comes up so much like I just can't hold them accountable or they don't own it. They don't own the work that they should be doing. And I keep having to have these kind of awkward dancing around the issue conversations. If that's you, there is a cultural problem that needs to be solved. Often people go to, well, I just need to get really clear on on the goals. And that is important, but there's usually there's a cultural underlying issue that we need to address. So for example, I was talking to a client the other day and she's happy for me to tell this story, but she <laughs> she comes to England and she goes, Oh, Shell, I'm a micromanager. And I was like, oh yeah, tell me more. She's like, I just don't trust my team to do anything that I want. And I'm like, okay, let's unpack that. She's like, I want them to take initiative and and to drive their role, but they don't. And so I just go into micromanagement role and tell them exactly what they need to do. And the thing that's happening there is a cultural issue. So she wants the team to have initiative and ownership, but what's happening in reality is then they're not doing that because there's this cycle of micromanagement and lack of trust. And so the problem she's wanting to solve with her team is the exact thing that she's causing by micromanaging. Mm. So it's this vicious cycle. And I think when you look at your culture, it's working out and noticing those behaviours and it's noticing the small things that happen and go, okay, well, how can we define the expectations and the behaviours and then how can we keep one another accountable? But they have to be defined first. And I guess going back to your team, that's what we did. We came at it with your team and said, let's define the behaviours, the values that we're going to hold each other accountable to and then have continual conversations about them. And that's right. And I've told my team you know, paraphrasing and jokingly, it's like, you know, we can do uh, nine to five bums on seats. We all work from home. You know, if you need to take a 15 minute little trip down to Coles, like I saw Nathan driving randomly <laughs> during a work day. <laughs> I mean, that we can take that off annual leave and do all that. We can do that. Or we can do 
on balance, swings and roundabouts, we all get in, we work hard, we have to work back sometimes, we will. I don't mind which one we do. I really don't. I would prefer not to minute by minute time check things, but let's all come together and agree on what we want. And then if there's ever an issue, well, we all agreed on it, so we have to deal with it. I love that so much. What you said there around agreement is massive. It's like we want to agree and commit to a behaviour as a team. And then when we see those things happen where you go, oh, well, that wasn't really consistent with what we all said we were going to do, you can call, call people on it. Yeah. In a good way. It just sets you up for that. So I wanted to really address this. I wanted to invest with a professional. Don't know why I got you now. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't want- find anyone better. <laughs> That's right. So I wanted to invest in a third party professional who lives and breathes this stuff. It had to be not me. It had to be on neutral territory in the demilitarized zone. So what we did, we hired a, a conference room. We flew in because we've got a remote team. The girls came in from uh, Queensland, accommodation, and then just did a full team day that I was just a member. I wasn't running it. You know, you had your whiteboard and presentation. I was just one of the peeps there, right? And out of that day, I wanted to make sure that we just didn't do it, get empowered and warm and fuzzy and then, okay, well, see you later and we forget it. I wanted to make sure if I was investing the money and the time that we live it. So as part of our team now, and we'll get to the the summary of the values and our purpose, but on a Friday afternoon, every week we do our Google Hangout, we all pick two good things that happened this week and we say what value that it aligned with. Mm. Now, if there wasn't a good thing or maybe I've done something as usual and, (laughs) you know, wrecked it, (laughs) Jess might say, look, Glenn and I had a tough conversation and I had to tell him this, you're out of line as usual and all that stuff because myself and JP work the closest um, because she helps with brands and partnerships. But we do a reflection. It's like, hey, there was an issue. There was miscommunication. And I called him out on it because it was in line with our values. Yeah. And it was just a really healthy way to have this document living and breathing. And it just it's it's just setting the tone. It's defining it. Instead of having it unclear and it's it, we're kind of unsure about, oh, is this the right thing or are we are we on the same page? It's no, we've clearly said and all agreed to this and now I can have those conversations a lot easier than you would have prior. And I love how your team is one of the I know you want to get to the value, values and I think we should. Can we go there now? Because yeah. on this point, one of the values that I love about your team is this whole small team doing big things. And, you know, you've got five people. It is a small team, but far out the reach is massive and the impact that you're having, you look at the audience, you look at at the community that you've created is huge. And we filter everything through that lens now of going, we're a small team, but we want to have huge impact. So how do we move fast? How do we action things quickly, but know that we're not going to be labored down in bureaucratic crappy mm. policies? Mm. And and that's one thing I love about what you do, Glenn, so well. And it has enabled you to move and change and adapt to what the market needs. When you rocked up on the day for this session, 
you did a little bit of pre-work. So just talk to us how you practically did this. Yeah, so the things that we do beforehand is really getting insight from the team about what they think is working well in the culture and the environment and what they think needs to be improved. So we ask them a few questions, do a survey, get that data, and then we use that as a catalyst in the workshop to really go through and unpick. And it's really good for a leader to hear it from their team because one of the things that happens in teams is everyone tends to conform to what the most senior person says. And especially someone like you, Glenn, who's got lots of opinions and strong opinions. If you've got people on your team who are a bit more quiet, a bit more reserved or hesitant to be open, having someone come and facilitate that conversation is so helpful because they draw that out of the more quiet team members. And some of your team members are a bit more quiet and reserved and we love what they bring and we might need to say, hey, Glenn, hold hold the microphone for a sec. Let's hear from Rach because she's pure gold and we love her. So at least if – thanks, Rach. <laughs> and that, that was about – I said to Shell after, I'm like, Rach said some really good stuff in that day session and she's – you know, if we didn't actually say, everyone shut up, what do you think, Rach, and give her the space in a controlled and all that manner, it, the gold wouldn't have come out. Yeah. And in the pre-stuff, so you 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 emailed the team and said, all right, give me all your views on all this stuff. You know walking into the team if there's hugely misalignment anyway, Absolutely. don't you? Yeah, so you, you know can straight away. Tailor whether it's going to be a train wreck or whether you can salvage <laughs> it. And, yeah. Or if it's like, oh, this is good, we can build on this. Yeah. Because I think right. this is what I want to do each year. I want to bring Shell in and do a day session not to reinvent the wheel because I think these values can go on for many, many years, just more of an alignment check, a wheel alignment. Yeah, and well, that's right. And if you have a good team that's working together, can you do a session that optimises what you've already got? You know, the wheel alignment metaphor is really uh, helpful. When Sam would get in my car, after I've been driving my husband, Sam, he'll hop in the car and he'll be like, far out of you, just like bashed into like gutters everywhere because the wheel alignment's out. But I don't notice because I'm in the car every day. So I've gotten used to it. And that's the thing with culture is when you're immersed in something, you get so used to it. But what you're saying, doing the annual check, doing regular check-ins with your team about this stuff is so crucial because you get used to the vibe, but you need to have regular points where we're asking, is this right? Are we on the right track? Are we behaving in accordance with our values? Yeah, totally. Okay. So the wash up of the day through a variety of different sessions and filters that Shell uh, took our team through and we all contributed to, our why and our purpose at Simo Interactive which is the company that runs all the podcasts. Simo exists to be an encouraging, fun and relatable voice that leads our community to make meaningful life changes and unlock their potential. It's so good. So the reason this is so powerful is because I suffer from shiny light-itis. <laughs> now, if there's a shiny light over on the other side of the wall and I chase it, and it's a quote-unquote opportunity, I can actually get that idea or get that shiny light and hold it up against this why and this purpose. So, does this event, does this podcast idea, does this online course, does this XYZ... Brand, partner. All that stuff, does it lead our community to make meaningful life changes and unlock their potential? 
Mm. Is it encouraging? Is it fun? So, this is a really good filter that we just put everything through now. Yeah. And that's right. You want to have that clarity that you can assess any opportunity against that. That's really the essence of it. And not just you, but your whole team. And then out of that, I'm going to read our values that came out of this session. And these are the things that at the end of the week, we all talk different things. And it's a living document, this, because again, we spend all the money and all the time and the resources to do this. We need to make sure it's always front of mind. So the first value, challenge directly, care deeply. Our second value, always prepared, always agile. I guess just on the, I'll I'll just quickly talk to each one. My whole thing is if we have like a market event or an interest rate event or whatever, I want to be able to drop everything, record a podcast and get it out that night. Mm. And by having all this stuff working in concert with each other and particularly around the values, I don't want my team to be running at 100% all the time. I want us to be running at 80%. So there's room and energy if we have to press pause and put the gas down for a short minute to get something out, we can do that. Yeah, and by preparing, you've given the margin. Yeah, and, you know, by all these other stuff is allowing us to be agile. So, yeah, we need to be agile enough. If something comes up, we can quickly do it. The third one, stay humble, stay real. And this was a big one because we just want to keep it real. Everything we do internally, all our podcasts, we just keep it real. And it's ego is the death of culture. Teams that have ego, like we've all worked on them, right? Where we've got it, like these are where you see the talented jerks. You know, there's people and you're like, you're, you're super good at getting results, but you're an absolute jerk. You want to create a culture where there is humility, where we keep things real, as opposed to fostering ego and um, those behaviours that really destructive to culture. Yep. The next one, number four, seriously good and seriously fun. Because I believe we deliver seriously good content. And I'm talking about, sure, you might not agree with some of the episodes and all that stuff, but if we look at the seriously good, like Nathan... And Rage, the way they edit, produce the audio quality, it's top-notch good stuff. Mm. And I'm so proud of them. But we also have fun while we're doing stuff. So that's a really important um, value of our team. The fifth one, we're here by choice and we're going to take ownership. We own it. And this was a loose kind of paraphrase because during the day session, I basically said to the team, Hey, real talk, you know, we all have to go to work and earn a living. If you don't like your job, you don't have to stay there. And I said to them, like, you're actually here by choice. I'm not making anyone be here. Yeah, there's no prisoners. No prisoners. Like, if you don't like it, let me know. I'll do everything I can to help you find another job that you'd like, that you're suited to. Yeah. All that stuff. So we're here by choice. We take ownership. We own what we do. Yeah. And then the the sixth point was we're a small team doing big things. And that kind of ties into the agility. It ties into being fun and really good. Uh, It ties into, you know, we can challenge directly, but also care deeply as a small team. And no annoying policies to bog you down. All that stuff. So they're the values, the six values that came out of our day session 
I'll read the purpose and our why once more. SIMO, and if you didn't know, SIMO stands for sort your money out. SIMO exists to be an encouraging, fun and relatable voice that leads our community to make meaningful life changes and unlock their potential. So that why, that purpose goes over all the shows that we produce, all the things that we do, what we live and breathe and that's our why. We're going to take a break. We'll come back from the break and then Shell's going to ask me questions that you guys put up in the Facebook group about the business of Simo Interactive and a little bit under the hood about how we do all the podcasting stuff. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, we're back. I put up in the Facebook group because I often get people sliding into my DMs and asking me, oh, hey, can you tell me like how you go about like getting sponsors or how you do this or what you do with that or what gear you use and all that stuff. I mean, what gear? I'm actually using a Shure SM58 microphone. Uh, I'm using a Mix Pre 6, uh, which is a sound devices unit. We've got Audio-Technica headphones. I think this is an ATH M50X. All the hosts use SM58s. If I'm at my desk doing a solo episode, I use a Shure SM7B. But yeah, all the hosts use the Shure microphones and they've got uh, Zoom H6 and H5 recorders. And then if Shell's doing an interview with uh, someone in Melbourne or John and Emily of the property, John's on the coast, Emily's in Melbourne, we'll use Squadcast uh, that will record the files uh, a good quality locally um, that we used to sync up, but they were also speaking into their SM58 and using a Zoom H6 unit. And then we use the Squadcast audio as the sync for the actual audio that's recorded on the SD card. So that's why when you hear, you know, My Millennial Property Podcast and John and Emily are in different cities, it sounds like they're in the same room because we're seriously good and I want to make sure audio is going to be the best that it can be. Uh, sometimes, and a lot of times, we try to send uh, Audio-Technica USB microphones by Express Post with a return Express Post to guests. So an AT2020 USB Plus, I think, we've got a handful of those microphones that we send out to guests with disposable headphones. 
cheap you, Amazon Can you ones. tell that you're a gear junkie? I love gear. I've got a Zoom L8 that I use sometimes <laughs> if I need to dial someone in. So let's move on to the questions mm. people ask, but thank you for that really deep dive. And we use, we use Adobe Audition <laughs> and we use Wave plugins. Good, good. Great to know. Um, Okay, I've got some. I've got a bunch of questions from the yeah. Facebook community about your business. Minutes. Let's. I'm going to hit you with it as many as we can. So rapid fire. Okay. So first one. Oh, good one. How do you go about analysing the most profitable part of the business? Yeah, there's basically uh, three main pillars of the business. Oh, actually, there's there's probably four now. Uh, the first one is advertising revenue. Uh, the second one is our live events. That's become a pillar of the business. And if you're hearing this and we're advertised the tour, like we encourage you to come along because that's one of the revenue pillars of how we can actually keep this thing going. Uh, we've got our online courses and then we've got our lead generation. So, sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help. Uh, if well, This is funny. Like If I refer you to a mortgage broker, they may pay me a small percentage of what they receive for the referral and there's a trusted vetted panel. Sometimes though, someone might log on to that and go, oh, I need some advice on this. Can you send me to I'll send them to somebody who doesn't give me any money. So, mm. there's broadly, they're the kind of main ways that we make money, the advertising revenue, the tour, the online courses and any kind of referral sources. But in terms of uh, the podcasting business, the goal is to basically have the podcasting side of the world stand up on its own without any of the sortyourmoneyout.com get help connections or referral fees. And just for full disclosure, if I do refer you to somebody, um, by law, they will disclose to you how much Simo Interactive is getting paid. Awesome. Jake. If we are getting paid, because there's still heaps that I send out and I leave money on the table, but that's fine. I just want people to be helped out. Nice. Jake has asked, what are the biggest challenges you face as a company and what's your approach to managing employees? My biggest challenge in managing the company, I I don't know if I've got a biggest challenge. Things are pretty good at the moment. Um, what about looking back? In the early stages too. I think, okay, here's one. The biggest challenge at the moment is redundancy. And what I mean by that is more succession. So, I want to work it, I want to get it to the point where there's a couple of pods in the business. So, we've got two main parts of the business, like the audio side and everything else that you see. So, Rachel and Nath take care of the audio production side. They deal with you and Emily on My Millennial Career and all the hosts. So, they take care of that. Now, I need to get it to the point where the key person risk has been removed. Mm. So, if Rachel went, oh, I'm going to Ibiza and then leaving for a year or whatever, that I'm not back producing podcasts myself. So, that's a big thing for me and vice versa. Like, JP's currently looking... Um, to employ someone else in the team uh, for her pillar around the visual, the comms, the yeah, the brands and all that stuff. And then the biggest challenge is if I was to die prematurely or 
lose my voice or something like that, that the everything does continue. So yeah. succession is the biggest thing that I'm looking at because if I'm not around, I want to make sure everyone still has a job and this show keeps going on. Okay. When you're recording your episodes, do you write scripts? No. Well, actually, <laughs> the Tuesday episodes at the start, there's a monologue now. So in terms of the way I produce the content now, so I'm calling it a rolling start. So the way that I've kind of – because how it works with the podcast, like I'm still heavily involved in producing with Rachel. She probably – does a lot more of the day-to-day in the weed stuff. But I still do a lot of high level, particularly on the My Millennial Money and the show structures. Um, so My Millennial Money on the Tuesday now, I'll start a rolling start and just get into it. And I'll usually write that paragraph and read it. That's why it might sound different. And then straight out of that, we go into our show partner shout out. And because I don't like ads and I want to add as much value to our show partner, Tao, and any other show partners that want to be a show partner and to make it more dynamic and informative for the listener, each of those host-read ads that are burned in, they're different every week. So it'll be monologue, show partner shout-out, welcome to My Millennial Money, then the bump will come in and then we start the episode and we've got a bit of a thing. We like to be into the meat by three minutes. Mm. Yeah. And but how- other than that, I don't script anything. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when we, Em and I started, we were really scripted and you, we'd meet with you and you just wing it. And I'll be like, oh, how do you wing it? Like you just get in and it's pretty amazing, really. I want to talk more about each episode. So this is from Umi. Yeah. One of the questions is, how do you go about getting people on the show? Uh, personal relationships to cold contact. How do you decide if they are compensated? Yeah, so number one, I don't think I've ever paid anyone to appear on My Millennial Money. I mean, gosh, I don't need anyone that bad, Um, number one. Number two, I get pitched almost daily. Uh, People fill out the contact form on the website and a lot of it is international. A lot of it's Australian and people that don't actually know what we do. Like, are you seriously still – are you pitching me – you know, buy now, pay later and a credit card ad, like, or an expert, <laughs> like, seriously. So, it, it's very rare that I get pitched and one of the guests come on because my, when we do an episode and one way that we do monetize is occasionally we'll do a sponsored episode and we'll charge for that episode and we disclose it because I'm, I'm big on disclosure. Uh, if it sounds like an ad, just assume it is um, for the sake of the, the avoidance of all doubt. But, you know, we'll usually put in the show notes that this is a sponsored episode. Um, and if people pitch me, they say, oh, we've got a really great guest and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, here's the fee. Sponsored episode. Knock yourself out. If you want if you want to come and add value to our listeners, as you always want to do. <laughs> um, if you've got enough money to pay for PR, well, you can pay if you're want to add value that much. Um, but I, it's rare that if I get pitched by PR, um, that that will get through to the keeper. Other, otherwise, it's in my own personal networks of people that I know or otherwise, and I have no idea when this episode's going live, but last year, JK, Jess Knaus, she stumbled across uh, an Indigenous artist uh, called Bobby Lockyer and she said, oh, Glenn, 
this lady, like single mum, saved up, bought her own house and all that, she'd be great. I'm like, get her on. And it's taken time because she's busy, we're being busy and like we were supposed to record last week but her kids were sick. So stuff like that. Like if we see good stories, I'll get that that person on. So yeah, there's no real um, – and the team will suggest it or if I see someone in the Facebook group write something like, oh, that's interesting, you've got a good story, I'll, I'll approach you. Um, there has been times though where listeners have written to us and – so like, hey, this is my story. I'm keen to do a My Millennial story. And I read and I'm like, you know what? Come to your story. Yeah, it's awesome. Ben has asked, did you seek any professional advice or do you have any ongoing coaching or mentoring within, like, for your business? Uh, no, I didn't seek any advice. Um, for me, a lot of businessy stuff is intuitive. Um, but this isn't my first business. What would you recommend then? Let's say, because I imagine that's probably the exception to the rule. I think most people starting a business probably need advice. So for me, I've just started a business and I've had to get advice because I'm more risk averse, whereas your nature, you're very risk tolerant. Mm. And so for our listeners who would love to start their own business like you've done, who are more risk averse, what advice would you give them? I would like... We talk about with our investing, always got to think strategy, not tactics. So anyone can go and register a business name. Anyone can get a logo made. Anyone can go and open a bank account and anyone can, you know, open an Instagram and do a website. They're all tactics. What's your strategy? Does the market need it? Have you got like, are you starting a Zumba business? And, you know, Zumba P was the exercise classes. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. lasted 10 minutes. Like, (laughs) is it... Is there longevity for what you want to do? Are you selling fidget spinners? Um, mm. Can you do something that's better? Did you go somewhere and you had a really bad experience and it's like, you know what, this market, it could use me doing this. Yeah. Is there a shortage? So you have to think strategy. For me, when I started My Millennial Money, I think we were the first Aussie mainstream personal finance podcast by Aussies for Aussies. And I saw a gap in the market. I knew that we could make it. I knew, and we're not the biggest. We're still not the biggest. Don't care if we ever get there or not because we're all about what we're about, right? But I saw a gap in the market. I look for the long term and then I drive a truck through that gap and give it everything. Is that such a, you are good at metaphors and it's a really good metaphor. Like you really do. Once you go, I've seen an opportunity and I'm going to go hard after it. I think for a lot of people listening who eventually want to start their own business, knowing that, yeah, you have to take the risk, you have to go hard and the reward is there for those that really work their butt off and that's what you've done building this business. We've got time for two more questions. All right. (laughs) Here's a good one. From Shelley Johnson says in the Facebook community, <laughs> weird to refer to yourself in third person, which show host is the best? Um, the ones that don't <laughs> cause me drama, the ones I don't hear from. <laughs> so You're a pain in the ass every time. Remember you were recording at my house once and you had a hot cup of tea, you had a water and you had a whiskey. Yes, because I had a sore throat. Right. I'm like, Not high maintenance at all. Remember, you're the only podcast that I've ever done that we recorded it and I didn't like it and we had to record it again. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) No, it's not you. So, okay. Was I subtle enough? (laughs) 
We'll leave that open. We'll leave Dev's, that, you know. Dev from My Millennial Money Medical, don't hear from him. Awesome. John and Emily, <laughs> My Millennial Property, awesome. Don't hear from them. So basically Em and Shell, but mainly me. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> okay, last question from Joel. What's been the biggest learning? Um, gosh. Well, this is it. Like we're in a new type of industry like 10 years ago I didn't think I'd be a full-time podcaster so and this is and and kind of full circle back to the culture and the stuff that we talked about with you we've had trouble in the team and the biggest learning is as a team and as a new business we're tripping over things that we didn't know we're going to trip over for the first time and I've shared this before or maybe I have when I was in the States uh, in February, there was a, an issue that came up. I forget what it was. And it was like 11.30 p.m. or something or I was out for dinner and the girls were like, oh, I've got this. And I'm like, well, I'm out for dinner. I'll have to get to you later. And they got home and then it was urgent and all this stuff. And I basically was like, it's 11.30. I'm going to bed. Don't care. I'm on the other side of the world. Like call me if you're dead, basically, don't care. Nothing's that urgent, right? I'm sounding like an asshole, but whatever. (laughs) I am, what can I say? Um, But the thing was, that issue that we tripped over, you know, when I got back from the States, I think the three of us had a bit of a, we had a hangout and we just, it was a real talk and we kind of did that. We kept it real. And this was before your session even, like a couple of weeks before. And what we did, we acknowledged that, okay, this happened because we were all standing around pointing at each other. Mm. No, it was your fault. Well, no. Well, it was like, well, no, well, well, well. We can all acknowledge that we tripped over this thing that we'd never tripped over before. It never happened before. Oh, okay. So it was healthy enough to say, oh, yep, that was that. And and within all that, we kind of, we've learned and, you know, our communication and, particularly if I go overseas again and I'm in a different time zone and and it and that's probably a, a succession thing like it needs to run business as usual if I'm not accessible um, but the thing we learned from that is you know nothing is ever that urgent that would cause one of the staff members to be freaking out if they can't get in hold of Glenn because of a third party interview scheduling or something you know what I mean like it's just yeah, we we land into storming the teacup type stuff, but we just need to step back. Nothing's ever that urgent. We need to acknowledge that we're going to come across stuff that is new to us. And actually, it's very rare that podcast episodes don't go live if there's an issue. One of the first episodes that I did, and this was a steep learning curve for me coming into this whole media world, I got an email from someone, oh, we've got this person. Um, they can come and talk about it, investing or something on the podcast. I'm like, that sounds good. I'll chat with them. So they organized it and in recording the episode, I was in, um, I think I was in Queensland in Brisbane. I was doing the episode in Brisbane with this person, this investment professional, and it had been organized by this nice lady. And halfway through the episode the penny dropped that she was in PR. Her remit is to get this person on message to as many places as possible. And halfway through the effort, it dropped. 
it just made all this sense in the world that, oh, they don't just come on out of the goodness of their hearts. They're here to sell their freaking product. Anyway, I just finished the episode. The person was boring AF anyway, um, but I, I wrote back and said, hi, just letting you know, I'm not putting that episode up. I'm really sorry, can't do it. And at that point, I learned that if you're a brand and you've got like multi-million dollar brands and companies that are absolutely got so much money and want to propagate the earth and get their brand out there and that's their right to do that, they can do that. But if you want to come on my podcast and talk about your wares and sell your crap, and it could be good stuff, to my listeners and our community, you can pay a fee because I put everything on the line to build my millennial money. I put everything on the line to build this audience. I put everything on the line to make sure the Facebook group is a safe space and there's no scammers and, you know, and I just figure if you want to come and sell your stuff and talk about your product, you can pay me. I'll disclose it, but we've got a team of people that put food on their tables. Now, that's not to say that every person we get on pays. There's been lots of like Morningstar, Jodie Fitzgerald. She's been on the podcast a million times. I don't charge them. I mean, I'd like them to pay me some money at some stage, but because I just see she knows what she's on about. She's dialed in. She's great. Come and chat all day long. But if you approach me to get your freaking mitts on my audience, you can bloody pay me. And I make no apologies to that. And yeah, I'll leave it there because you've got to go and I get passionate about these commercial things where it's not illegal and there's lots of good people in PR and we work with them all the time and yeah, I'll get my brand anywhere as possible. But it's just that I'm just hypersensitive to people trying to snake their way in to propagate their products and brand over something that I gave everything like I sold my financial planning business and I've said this on other podcasts, my salary, and I'll just lose, use round numbers here. I stopped a 200 grand a year salary and built this podcast without earning a cent for three years running. Basically cost me $600,000 of my income potential to put into this. And I knew we could do it and we are, but when it's all said and done and washed up in, you know, 30 years and everyone's, you know, doing their thing, I'm not going to look back and go, oh, people took advantage of me and people took advantage. No, I'm going to run a business, not be apologetic about earning money. I'm going to be bloody generous. I'm going to give lots of money away and I'm going to make sure we've got a really healthy group and a trustworthy community. So good. That is awesome. I'm glad that you like that. We're going to finish it up there because what an awesome way to finish. So many good business lessons in captured in this episode. Glenn? Thanks, Shell. And I, I, I think I'm a nice guy. I just get very commercial and down the line where it's just like, no, no, you can pay. Absolutely. If not, see you later. Yeah. No apologies. Totally. Yeah. Um, Shell, thanks for that. Look, if you do run a business, you need to contact Shell boldside.com.au, book in a call with Shell if you're a business owner and you want to know more information about what she can do for your team. If you're an employee and you need some career advice or a third-party sounding board, go to her website. You can pay for a clarity call with Shell. 
Uh, I wanted this episode to show you under the hood of My Millennial Money and what we do here, but also to encourage everyone to consider engaging Shell for their business or if you're in a team and you think your team could do with someone like Shell, please, or if you're in a corporate world, my whole reason now for living, I've said this before, is to make sure all the hosts of the podcast can do as best as they can and I just want you to flourish in your career and we'll do everything we can here, Shell, to make sure you get good quality people. Thank um, you. Because you're a good quality person. Love it. Okay, bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.